This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Listen, God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. And tonight, family, you see the title of tonight's Solid Talk is Us Versus Them. Us Versus Them. I saw something on social media today. It was very, very insignificant. It was just two people that I know. They're both in the world. But one person made a post about a skating rink that has basically, I guess, closed down. And this skating rink is called Crystal Skating Rink. It's in the the D.C. area. And it's one of those places that everybody went to at least once when they were a child. And now, for whatever reason, it's been torn down. I guess the idea is that they're going to go to that area and they're going to build that area up into something bigger and better. And when I was looking at the comments under that particular status where the guy said, R.I.P. Crystal Skating Rink, another person that I know came under and said something to the effect of, what does that mean for us? Because, you know, they such and such and such and such. And it got me really thinking about how as long as there are things wrong with the world, as long as there's conflict, as long as folks are not happy with something, right? Almost everybody has an us versus them. Everybody has an idea of something that they're fighting for, something that they're struggling for, and something or someone is working against it. So you gain this kind of us versus them complex, right? And I realized that We're in a season where God is trying to get us to come away from these uh, ideologies and these doctrines of men, because the main thing that will get people caught up in this whole us versus them paradigm is the idea that you have a fight to fight. But a lot of times this fight ends up being carnal. So what do I mean by that? In the case of the example I gave, his us that he was talking about was D.C. natives which in his mind, just because I know this person, is synonymous with black people. And the them that he was talking about is gentrifiers, which is likened to white people. So the us versus them for this particular person was basically black people versus white supremacy or black people versus gentrification. But somebody else's us versus them might be uh, us being feminists versus the patriarchy. Or somebody might be me being a white nationalist or a white supremacist versus uh, all the other races or versus black nationalism. Or it might be uh, me, I work for PETA and I'm an animal rights activist and this is our us and them or they, they are uh, all of the people who eat meat. So if they saw that, that lovely steak I just had before I came on, they would have saw that. And it, but I look at them over there eating that steak and chicken and, and salmon and all of that stuff. So the point I'm trying to make is so long as there is conflict in the world, if you care about anything at all, there's going to be an us versus them. So what does that mean for the believer? What that means for the believer is that we have to identify our us and we have to identify our them. Who is our us? And who is our them? I don't know the right way to phrase this question. Who our us is? <laughs> Hello, somebody. And who our them is, right? I know, I know that's grammatically incorrect. But I'm trying to resolve this question because the more I meditated on it, I realized that our us is, if you are a born-again believer, our us is the body of Christ and our them is spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm looking forward in Corinthians chapter 10. Um, but it's, 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 the Bible tells us exactly who our enemy is. Us, we are the body of Christ and our enemy, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, I could be wrong. Okay. Our enemy, right, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty th- 
Oh, this ain't what I wanted. <laughs> Let's just read it because it's good anyway. But mighty uh, through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Okay. That's not what I wanted. I'm looking for the scripture that says that uh, for we wrestle, us in Ephesians, I think, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so why is this important? It's important because we need to be able to not get caught up in a fight that's not our fight. When we are focused on areas that we shouldn't be heavily focused on, it gets us away from our core mission, which is the commission that Jesus gave us, which is to go ye therefore, right, uh, to all nations, baptizing them and teaching them all things I've taught you, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Okay, I found it. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling. We are in a conflict. He said we. So there is an us because he said we wrestle and there is a them because he said we wrestle against, right? We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so what I believe the Lord, why I believe the Lord wants us to talk about this is for a few reasons. As I mentioned, he wants us to get out of these frivolous uh, philosophies of men and these these frivolous camps, right? It might us might be Democrats and them might be Republicans or us might be Republicans and them might be Democrats. The Lord doesn't want us engaging in fights, burning fuel on things that we shouldn't be burning fuel on. Now, let me tell you why this is a challenge. The challenge is because a lot of times them, which is the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, manifest themselves or they manifest themselves in different little pockets of wickedness. So if you think feminism is wicked, okay, it's going to manifest itself in wickedness. Or if you think that the, the Hollywood industry or music industry or the Hollywood industry, it's going to manifest itself through those artists. Or if you think that, you know, maybe Democrats or Republicans are wicked, then it's going to manifest itself through those, those people. And so on the surface, it appears as though we are wrestling against people or against certain ideas that yes they are wicked but we need to keep a a a, a, a what people say the grand scheme of things and not get so caught up on one thing that we lose sight so here's the question that i want to ask and hopefully you guys can help me answer tonight i want to ask the question how do we separate the sin from the sinner because I've heard this expression before, and I do believe in this expression. I don't know if it's, it's, it's not probably not in the Bible, but it is biblical. People say that we are to love the sinner, but hate the sin. Okay. Sometimes them are sinners. Okay. But how do we love the sinner, but hate the sin? I want to put this question up right here on the bottom. Forgive me for not having it up earlier, but this is the question that I want to that I want to uh, answer tonight. How do we love the sinner but hate the sin? And the reason why I'm asking that in the context of this discussion is because if we're not careful, if we're not careful, what we have the potential to do is to end up viewing our them as a person. And yes, people do make mistakes. You know, I'm not saying every time somebody sin, it's a demon or something like that. People make mistakes in their flesh. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God loves the people of the world, right? There's a scripture that says that while God commended his love unto us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he wants us to love people. That's what we've been called to do. But people make it difficult to love them when they uh, are the agents of which the spiritual wickedness operates through. Okay, some people make it very difficult. So I'm asking this question tonight, and I'm going to put this uh, 
this link in the discussion for anybody who wants to hop on to this particular to this particular live stream you can click that link i'm not sure if it came up as a link but you can click that you you can at least copy that link put it on your phone and hop in a discussion so i'm asking that question and i also want to explore how do we know when somebody has fully become our enemy now let me explain what i mean by this i'm uh, cuz i know that's a weird sounding question <laughs> uh Lil Nas X we're not gonna spend too much time on him I'm not gonna put him in my title to get a bunch of clicks and all of that but let's just talk about him for a second obviously everybody knows by now that he put out this song where he's sliding down the stripper pole from heaven into hell and giving the devil a lap dance and all of this other crazy stuff so I've I've heard Christians say two different things I, I saw one thing show up where Christians said, listen, everybody is talking about this young man. This young man is in his early 20s. What we really need to do as the body of Christ is we need to get together and we need to bombard heaven so that this young man can be saved, so that he can recognize the love of God. So these people recognize it as, as us and the them that they recognize is not that little 21, 22-year-old dude right they just recognize the fact that that god loves him like he loves everybody else and we want to see him saved now on the flip side i saw another thing from a, a, who i believe to be a believer and this person said basically that the Lil Nas x dude was a demon more or less saying that he is fully like he is fully given in he has fully uh made a conscious decision to give his himself to satan and he's working as a willful puppet to satan and because of that he's a reprobate and that we should not pray for demons or people who have been given over to reprobation because they've made a clear choice and they've drawn a clear line in the sand and picked which side they wanted to stand on they came to a clear-cut decision as to where they stand and because of that we need to recognize them as a them <laughs> we need to recognize them as a them so i guess another question i'm asking tonight is is there a way to know when somebody is fully reprobate is there a way to know when somebody is fully reprobate and if they are reprobate should we even pray for them should we even pray for them now uh didn't have my Bible, but I do have my concordance tonight. And I'm about to look up what reprobate means in in, in accordance to this concordance. <laughs> um, I'm sure I've looked this up before, but it's been quite some time. So I'm interested to see what this particular concordance is going to say that it is. But, you know, this is important because we need to understand where we stand. You know, we need to understand what is God's will for people? What is God's will for situation? Because if you got some Christians saying, you know, we need to bombard heaven. And then you got other believers saying uh, he he is he is an, an enemy. And this is something that I had to check myself on because, OK, I found it. I'm going to finish that thought in a second. A dokimos signifying not standing the test rejected. Okay, now this is the definition for reprobate, was primarily ap applied to metals. That's interesting. It is used always in the New Testament in a passive sense of things in Hebrews 6 and 8 rejected. Uh, but I think the one I really want is Romans chapter 1. Let me see the one. Okay, in a passive sense of things, okay, of land that bears thorns and thistles. Now of persons, Romans 1 and 28, of a quote reprobate mind here we go a mind sorry mind of a mind of which god cannot approve and which must be rejected by him the effect of refusing quote to have god in their knowledge wow that's a harsh reality that we have to come to terms with is that some people actually if i'm being honest most people are not going to want to receive God in their knowledge. Um, 
as I said recently, Jesus said that the broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. So we're dealing with folks and we need to know how to pray. We need to know when to pray. We need to know what is God's will for people. So I'm asking two questions tonight. How do we love the sin but hate the sinner? And then number two, I, I, I'm going to phrase it this way. How do we know when it's time to stop praying for somebody? It makes me think about Samuel and Saul. Samuel was pleading out to God. I think it was First Samuel chapter uh, 15 or something like that, 15 or 16. And he was like really uh, bombarding heaven on behalf of Saul because Saul was losing his mind and he was going through all of these issues. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, God says to Samuel, I'm going to read it, uh, what it says right here. It says, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him? from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehem, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. So in that context, he's talking about Saul ruling as king. But I bring that up because I know, I know personally, God used that scripture to tell me to stop praying for somebody. There was an ex that God uh, that well, an ex that I had, and God called me away from her, and I would kind of pray for her because. So I think in my conscious mind, I was praying for her because it was the right thing to do. But I believe in my subconscious mind, I was praying for her because I wanted her to still be relevant in my life, even though God specifically told me not to pray for her. So then he was like, basically, how long are you going to continue to pray for her? She's been rejected. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, that she couldn't be saved, right? It might have just been something personal for me. But generally speaking, okay, I just want to know how do we go about that? How do see this is a perfect example? Official mod, you know, this is this is spiritual warfare where this person comes in here and puts this obscene language. And I have to understand that I'm not against you as a person, official mod. I'm not against you, okay? I, I'm against the kingdom of darkness, so I will pray for you. And I'm glad he's in here because this proves my point that as believers, we have to have a Stephen-like mindset. Stephen was someone who was literally getting stoned to death. And the very same people that were stoning him to death, he said, for, for, he said, basically, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So forgive them, Father. He called them them because he was a because they were opposing him. But Stephen didn't have a me against them mentality. It wasn't us against them because he knew that the Lord's will is for them to be saved. He knew that the Lord's will is, listen, even though I'm going through pain, even though I'm going through persecution, even though somebody coming on this particular chat right now and pasting in obscenities, right? It's not against, it's not against them. It's not against them. So I pray that you receive that message official mod. I don't know if you're still in here or not, but by the grace of God, I'm about to block you. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb of God. So take that message, run with it. If you don't know the Lord, you can get saved, believe that Jesus died and rose again three days later to pay the price for your sins, be baptized in water and seek the Lord for baptism of his spirit. Uh, be blessed. <laughs> okay, so that person is blocked. Oh, wait, maybe not. It's say an error occurred. Maybe they've already been blocked. But nonetheless, the very same people that slap you in the face, the very same people that curse at you, the very same people that speak all manner of evil against you. <laughs> That's what the Bible calls it. God does not want us to have an us versus them mentality. He wants us to actually bring them onto our team. He wants us to actually love them so much that they see that. And when we don't respond the way that most people would respond, right? When we don't respond in the flesh, 
Because if you view it as a fleshly battle, guess what? You're going to respond how? In the flesh. But if we view it as a spiritual battle, then guess what? We're going to respond in the spirit, right? Glory to the Lamb of God. We're going to respond in the spirit. So what I want to do now, I want to go to the chat and just kind of see what folks are talking about tonight. Uh, Once again, for anyone who's joining in a little bit later, I'm going to post this link one more time. Anybody that wants to hop on and kind of talk about this a little bit, the question we're asking tonight is, how do we love the sinner but hate the sin? And I think I saw a few answers in that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go up and I'm going to see what folks are saying. Sister Tarima says, we actually just came back from eating. Oh, she's talking about something else. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. King of Grace says, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has. Wait, my bad. Let me read that again. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So what God is basically saying is, how can you say you love me and you haven't even seen me, but I've given you somebody right in front of you that you can love and you don't love that person. So if you don't love your brother, then you don't love me, right? And for us, it's kind of difficult because God is perfect. <laughs> God is perfect and God is good. So it's, 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 it's low key kind of easy to love God. When you really find out who he is, somebody said to know him is to love him. So it's, it's a wonderful thing to know God and to love God. But people, on the other hand, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let me not get in trouble tonight. People, on the other hand, are flawed. I'm flawed. You're flawed. Folks are flawed. And because of that, they make it more difficult to love them. And one of the things that helps us to, to work through this us versus them kind of question is this. Where does your identity fall? Because if your identity is first and foremost in Christ, then your them is going to be the kingdom of darkness. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, like we said before, spiritual wickedness in high places is going to be the devil who walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, whose goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's who we're going to recognize because first and foremost, our identity lies in the kingdom of God. So it's the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness. And we keep that perspective. But if our identity is involved in anything else, if it's involved in, if my identity as a, as a, if my political identity, if my racial identity, if my gender identity, if my uh, educational identity, if my national identity comes ahead of my spiritual identity, then that means I'm going to have a carnal opponent. And God is trying to get us off of this. Well, I know he's trying to get me off of this, but I believe he's having these messages because he wants all of us to get off of these small battles and focus on the war. Don't worry about these small battles. Focus on the war. If you think about evil, it's almost like a tree. If you have a tree of evil, okay, you got all of these trees, then you have the branches. Okay, this branch is... Um, racism. This branch is sexism. This branch is um, nationalism. Uh, this branch is is war. This branch is, um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But what we're called to do is not to trim these branches because guess what? If you cut a branch, guess what? A branch can grow back. We've got to address the root cause of the issue. The root cause of every ill that we see in the world today is the heart condition of man. So we're called to speak to the hearts of men and women. And, and, and we don't want to get so drawn away in these smaller battles and lose sight of the identity of who we actually are. Who are we in Christ? Agendas and causes are so prevalent today that people literally walk around with agendas on their clothes. You know, back in the 90s, if you just wore some clothes, you just wore a brand name. You wore some Tommy Hilfiger, some Calvin Klein, some Gap, 
okay some moschino some gucci or something like that and of course people still wear these today but more and more today what i what i see more of is people have so many causes that they're trying to get across that we will literally buy a shirt or a hat <laughs> to identify whose team I'm on and what I'm fighting against. So you get a MAGA hat, you get a a, a melanin t-shirt, you get all of these different things. And, you know, ain't nothing wrong with a melanin t-shirt. Maybe that's not a great example, but, but you kind of get these little clothing lines or, or clothing slogans rather that are all pushing what propaganda. It's all pushing propaganda. And one thing that the enemy is doing uh, very well these days is that he's succeeding in causing division. He's succeeding in causing division. Right now, as we speak, our country is in the midst of a very high profile case. The uh, Derek Chauvin case, that's the guy who put the knee on the neck of George Floyd. What that means is the country is ripe for division. It's already been going through division. 2020 was practically a dumpster fire with those mostly peaceful protests, <laughs> right? Um, but what was the cause of that? Black lives matter. All lives matter. Division. Division. So don't get caught up in the results of this trial as though it's your fight. It's not your fight. If you want to advocate one way or the other, if you want to have something to say about it, you're certainly welcome to. But what I'm saying is, as far as going out and rioting, that's not your place as a believer to be rioting for that. And all of this division is just being stirred up by the spiritual wickedness in high places. We got it. The, the new thing now is stop Asian hatred. Okay. They even came out with an Asian lives matter. Now have Asian people experienced racism in this country? Yes, they have. I'm sure that they have. I'm sure that they still do probably, but we have to have enough spiritual discernment to know that there is an agenda behind this. There's an agenda behind this. Y'all already know I keep my tinfoil hat on. So when I see a guy that goes into the massage parlors and shoots the place up and kills a bunch of Asian women, by the way, he also killed two white women. But anyway, they market it as he, they, they almost make it seem like he just killed all Asian women. But nonetheless, when he goes in there and does that, and then they come back with this slogan, or, or this agenda, rather. Now I can see with my spiritual eyes, this is nothing more than a plot to cause division. I don't know if you guys saw, but I think it might have been in New York. There was uh, allegedly there was a 65 year old Asian lady just walking down the street, literally minding her own business. They say she was going to church. A guy, black guy, just out of nowhere, just like kicks her in the stomach and then starts stomping on her and stomps on her head. Now, things happen. I know things happen. But man, I just I just I just don't buy some of this stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it didn't actually take place, but I believe that something more sinister is going on. I believe that 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 certain things are done in order to provoke people. What am I saying? I don't know, but maybe that guy could have been hired. Maybe, maybe if you've ever seen, seen the Manchurian Candidate, I think that's the movie. I haven't even seen it. I actually heard somebody else talk about this. So maybe I shouldn't talk about movies. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I heard it was either the Manchurian Candidate or it was uh, the Born Identity. But in one of those movies, they could like program your brain or program you to do something once they give you the code word. So they might put you through some like MK ultra type training or something like that. And then they call you on the phone and then they say caramel popcorn. And then it's like, as soon as you hear that, you just, you whatever it is that they program you to do, you do it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, it's, maybe it's just me, but when I see stuff like that, you got all of this uh, Asian stop Asian hate propaganda and then out of nowhere, just some random dude just foot randomly kicks a, an Asian lady on the street. I believe that somebody is stirring the pot. Sometimes I believe that a lot of these people are demonized and these demons are networks. 
So somebody can be so given over to a demon that they just do the bidding of that demon. The guy who did it, they say that he killed his mother. And I think he might have went to prison for like 17 years or something, 17 or 18 years. And then he got out. That's the story that we're told. But I believe that so many people have been hurt and have voids that they've just given themselves over to entities. Personally, I believe a lot of these woke people have just given themselves over to to entities, right? Because nobody in their right mind would actually adopt some of these views that a lot of folks adopt. And then that goes back to my question, like, how do we know where people are? Are we supposed to know or should we just pray for them? Maybe that's it. Maybe just pray for them anyway. The way I do it, I say, Lord, you know, they had me praying for celebrities today. They said, pray for DMX. I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray for DMX. I like DMX. But they say, you know, but the way I pray it, I, I pray for that young man too. Um, the little Nas X dude. I say, Lord, if it's your will for this young man to be saved, then I pray that his soul be saved. I say, if he's still, sal- if, if he's still savable, if he's still salvageable, I pray that he be saved. Because sometimes I don't know. I mean, the scripture says it's the Lord's will that none should perish. But it's like if somebody is like 99.9% a demon or something like that, then it's like, hey, but I guess we pray for that 0.1%, right? Or 0.01%, excuse me. So let's see. Here's a response. Sister Tarima says, we love them through the grace of kindness, patience, and by not withholding truth. We don't throw people away. We hang in there with them. Wow, praise the Lord. I really like that part about not withholding truth. Look at those things. I'm going to just go over that one more time. Kindness, patience, and by not withholding truth. You know, I posted a throwback video this week called Don't Block the Brokenness. And I talked about how we want to help people, but we don't want to help people so much that we become their savior. And one of the challenges with that is when people don't get saved when we want them to get saved. See, we know the urgency. We understand how uh, wonderful it is to know Christ. We don't like to see people get hurt. So it takes a lot of patience and a lot of faith to just let God do it in his timing, if it's even to be done. You know, you might have somebody that's on drugs or something like that, and you're watching them destroy themselves, and you've been trying to do it, trying to do it, and Maybe you're giving them a place to stay and you've done all of these things. At some point, it kind of has to be like, okay, I got to let go and let God. And that requires patience. And it requires, like you said, telling them the truth. King of Grace says, love through forgiveness and the understanding that it is the spirits of the enemy working through our fellow man and with compassion and empathy. Wow. I really like compassion and empathy because empathy makes me think about when I was out in the world. Empathy makes me think about how horrible I used to be, how I was, as the old folks say, I was a wretch undone. I was a wretch undone. Horrible mistakes, horrible decisions, but yet and still God showed favor in my life. And I believe that if he did it for me, then he can do it for anybody else. Sometimes we can walk this walk so much that we might have a tendency to forget everything that God delivered us from. So when you say empathy, I I see that also as maintaining humility, not losing sight of where where the Lord brought you from, not losing sight of your story, not losing sight of your victories, not losing sight of your deliverances, not losing sight of your healings. That's that to me is the only way to have empathy, because guess what? Everybody's story, we might we might not be able to identify one person might have experienced this. The other person might have, might have experienced that. But the one thing that we all have in common is that we were, were all all of our righteousness is filthy rags. So regardless of what you did or what happened to you, it really doesn't make me any better or worse than you. And this is the this is a challenging mindset because it's, it's one of the things that's easier said than done. Well, I'll say it this way. I'm pretty good on just just general stuff. I think when it comes to like the potential of of marriage or relationships, certain things. But then again, it's like, I don't know, it kind of matter, but it kind of doesn't. I go back and forth on this anyway. But 
generally speaking, we have to know that wickedness is infinitely wicked. And what I mean by that is people call it depraved, depraved. What does the word depraved mean? I'm about to look it up right now. Depraved, okay, or total depravity. That's a, uh, okay, depraved means morally corrupt, wicked. All of us at one point or another have been depraved because as I mentioned before, we born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So we underestimate two things. We underestimate just how good God is. And we also underestimate the depths of the wickedness of man. We see man do things and we become shocked because you say, how could anybody do that? How could they do that to a child? How could they do that to an animal? You know, it's like we see this stuff and it just, and it's because sometimes we lose sight of just how much we as a, as a, as a, as a, a human race, just how much we need Christ. We are in, we are all in dire need of a savior perpetually. <laughs> like even if you're already saved, you're still in need of a savior because the moment that he's not there, guess what? You're back to being depraved. Why? Because we can't do it on our own. So in order to really love the sin, ner, and hate the sin, we have to have empathy. Have to have it. Okay, that's the one I just read. Let's see. So Miss Clark is uh, following up on her original statement. She says, hang in there, meaning not necessarily pretending to agree with their sin and hanging out with them, but continuing to pray earnestly for the person until their last breath until God says, stop praying. I like that, sister. Pray until their last breath, until God says, stop praying. Maybe that's just a simple answer to this question. If God doesn't want you to pray for them, God will tell you not to pray for them. Karen Gray says, God hardens the heart of some so his will can be done in that person's life. Wow, that's deep. You know, that's deep. Uh, God said, uh, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the heathen. Wow. God's priority is to get his name known amongst his creation. All throughout some of those books of the prophets, he said, and then ye shall know my name. And then ye shall know my name. As we learned last week, name is always synonymous with authority. So when we learn the name of God, we also learn who he is. We learn his sovereignty. What is his authority? His authority is his sovereignty. He's all knowing. He's all he's all powerful. Almighty. Is a Miss Clark asked the question, is a person an enemy or is there one enemy common to man? Wow. We have an enemy. There is an enemy that's common to man. His name is Satan. The Bible calls him our adversary. He's your adversary. The name Satan actually means adversary. He's also the deceiver. He's also the deceiver. And then, of course, there's the flesh. So we're all in flesh. <laughs> and that flesh is constantly working against you. It's constantly wrestling against your spirit. So we have a lot of enemies, you know what I mean? But we all do have a common enemy. And maybe that's how we need to see our them. Our them is not this agenda, this policy, this, 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 that, and the other. Our them is the common enemy that we all have, which is evil. It's evil. Now, people make it hard to separate because people be evil. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about tonight. People be evil, but it's all good. All right, let's see. King of Grace says, Second John 1 and 10, if, any, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, Jesus is the Son of God, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. Wow. The Bible does talk about casting your pearls before swine. It does talk about how we are to wish certain people Godspeed. Okay. Uh, things we got to be mindful of doesn't mean we can't pray for them. But it also means that we should not be so gullible that we burn fuel on people. We were talking today at dinner a little bit about witnessing to people and street preaching and stuff like that. And I've seen this when we when we go out and feed the homeless afterward, we usually walk around and pray for people. And sometimes the the devil can send 
a spirit of distraction where he'll send some person that pretends like they want prayer or they pretend like they want help or they want a bunch of questions. But what they're really there to do is just arrest your time so that you don't go to the person who actually needs the prayer that day. And this is one of those things that we had to learn kind of as we as we were, you know, as we go out from month to month and stuff like that. We just kind of learn some of these things as we go. I'm going to tell this one story real quick. I was watching a video by Brother Works. Excuse me, my bad, Brother Wally. I think he prefers to go by his real name, Wally, Revelations of, of Jesus Christ. And I think he made a video about things that Christians do that they shouldn't do. And one of them was shake hands with people. Another one was say, God bless you, because he was like, everybody... You know what I'm saying? Not supposed to be blessed. Now, this is his video. I'm not saying I agree with all y'all. Go watch it. I forget the name of it. His channel is Revelations of Jesus Christ. But anyway, shake hands was one. And the other thing he said was allow people to speak curses over you. And what he meant by that is this. Okay. And I'm 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 almost about to do it by accident. I'm not trying to do it on purpose. But when one, meaning the impersonal you, <laughs> When one, okay, if someone is telling a story, sometimes what that person will do is they'll say, they'll say like this, this is me quoting, right? They'll be like, um, let's say you get hit by a car or they'll, they're, they're asking you this question, right? They'll say, let's say, uh, let's say that your, that your wife was cheating on you or let's say that do, 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 do. And what brother Wally was saying was, when somebody says that to you, you got to stop them and be like, whoa, don't use me in the example. Because when you say that, what you could be trying to do is put a curse over me. Say when somebody, let's say somebody's wife cheats on them, or let's say somebody gets into a car accident, or let's say when one gets into a car accident, the impersonal you. But as far as the actual you, he was saying, don't let somebody speak those type of things over you. <laughs> so we were out. This was like maybe the last time we went out and I had just watched that message the day before. It might've, might've been the same day. I can't remember. And that was probably the day before. Cause I'm sure I was getting ready that morning and we're going around praying for people. This guy is looking as though he really needs some prayer. He asked for prayer as a matter of fact. And, you know, we being believers, we want to see everybody say, like, oh, he asked for prayer. So we went over there and began to pray with him. So we prayed a prayer. And after the prayer, he just shook. He just wanted to shake everybody's hand. And I kind of thought of it, but I was in like the moment. And I was like, man, I guess I give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so uh, I shook his hand. Maybe I shouldn't have. But, you know, he shook all of our hands. Did, we didn't want to be rude. And this was during, like, the pandemic and everything. So I probably should have just been like, we in a pandemic, bro. We love you. We ain't going to shake your hand. But anyway, I should have spoken up. I didn't do it. He shook everybody's hand. And then he started talking to me about something. And he kept saying all of these you statements to me. Like, for example, he was talking to me. And he said, let's say somebody break into your house. And and I said, I stopped him because at that point I was like, dang, the same stuff that brother brother Wally was saying in that video, this dude is trying to do. So at that point, I was like, I said, uh, no, I said, don't use me. I was like, somebody. And he's like, yeah, yeah, somebody. He's like, so they breaking your house. And, and I said, somebody. <laughs> so I had to keep correcting him. And then I, I was just like, listen, I said, you can tell the story, but don't say you. Because when you say you, 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 it's, I feel like you're trying to speak something over my life. So I guess he got the point out. I, I can't even remember the story he was trying to tell. And then this guy was talking to a sister that was with us. And this sister was a, a daughter of, of one of the sisters. And she was 16 years old, maybe 15 at the time, actually. She was 15 years old. And uh, he asked her some weird question like, I bet I can tell you your name. Or something like that. And at this point, I knew the dude was demonized. So I told her, I, no, I know what he said. He said, I bet I can tell you your name. And then he was like, if I get it right, uh, I want you to give me $20 or $100 or something like that. And then I stopped her. I said, no. I said, don't tell him your name. Or no, I said, don't even listen to him. 
because you will be bound to whatever this little thing he is that's got going on. And I can tell what was working through him was some sort of demon. So I told her, don't do it. And and she didn't do it. So by that point, we kind of got the point. We just walked away. No, I think, it, uh, by the way, his friend, right? I'm almost done with this story. His friend was beside him. His friend wanted prayer too. And I think this was before he did all of the little, uh, the little weird stuff. And his friend literally was in tears about wanting to get saved or whatever. And so I tried to lead him in a prayer to, to move him towards salvation. So I was asking him to repeat after me. And he was not saying everything that I said. It was like, say if I said, um, Lord, I repent for these sins in Jesus' name or something like that, like, just as an example. He'd be like, Lord, I'm sorry, or Lord, I repent, or something. Like, he wouldn't say the whole thing. So the point I'm trying to make is, in that scenario, they had something going on spiritually. Uh, we didn't need to burn any fuel on them, and that was just a lesson learned. So it means we have to walk in discernment because you never know when you got a demon that's operating through a person, right? And it's like, okay, it's it's, it's a us and them, and it's spiritual, but... Sometimes you got to shake the dust off your feet. Traces of Ashes says, the question this question reminds me of the parable of the wheat and tares. God will do the separating. I'm late. I don't know if you said that. No, I didn't say that, but that's a great scripture. Jesus said, let them grow together. And when it's time for the separating, he said, I will do the separating. And we've taught on this before, but when a wheat and a tear are very small, they look exactly the same. But the more that they grow, the more that they grow, the more that you can distinguish the two. And that's how it is in the body of Christ. Like start anybody can sing praise and worship songs. Anybody can pray real nice. A lot of people can preach real nice. But if you give it some time, not that we looking to expose anybody, well, some people looking to expose, not that I'm looking to expose anybody, anything like that. But over time, people will expose themselves. So sometimes you don't have to do anything. You just sit back and let God do that. Let that be his pay grade, you know, and let him do that. You know, still exercise discernment, but but let the Lord do that. Let me see if I can get these comments, remove these comments. Oh, it don't let me on this software. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Sister Tarima, for doing that. I, I praise God for Sister Tarima moderating. And it's funny because I, I call myself a small fry on YouTube. So it's like, I don't get a lot of trolls. But when they come, they always seem to come at discussions like this. <laughs> it's like they always come at a time where it's almost like either the devil send them to try to throw throw me off or they come and it's exactly what we're talking about in that moment. But you know what? The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Brother Joseph says, should we continue praying for the salvation of those shaking a fist at God? When we have those in our own household that need to be delivered. Wow. You know what, brother? I saw that 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 too. There was a brother in Christ I saw on Facebook. He said, you got Christians who got people in their families that aren't even saved, but they want to band together and pray for this musician who, like you phrase it, he's shaking his fist at God. And drawing a clear line in the sand as to where he is today. But we still got folks in our own family that aren't saved. So I think that's a worthy, uh, I think that's a fair question. You know, it is a bit of a, um, it's a slight deflection, but I think it's a relevant deflection. You know what I mean? A lot of times somebody can become the flavor of the week. And when they're the flavor of the week, we get a lot of attention. Sister Pammy says, I say, love them and accept them and pray behind the scene and watch God over time change the person. And you might be around to see it or not. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some folks you meet on this walk, on this journey, you know, you hand them a track, you pray with them, you give them a word, you minister to them, you evangelize to them. And that might be the only time you see them down here. But hey, when that new heaven and new earth come, <laughs> I don't know if we still going to remember one another, but you might be like, uh, you, I remember you. And they may be like, hey, you the person that prayed for me. <laughs> and we'll just be up there having a the time. You know what I mean? We'll be up there having a the time. 
Ken Grace says, I can love you from afar. That's how I be sometimes. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I appreciate that, sister. Yeah, it's it's we got to respond in the spirit. It takes so much dying to self sometimes to respond in a godly way. Yes, to know him is to love him. Absolutely. Glory to God. Sister Yvette says, but the heart deceives us. We're blinded by what we think we know, but only really know in part. We must pray for our hearts to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glory to God. Lord have mercy. What we were talking about earlier, King of Grace says, now African-American people are being made the face of anti-Asian hate. It's interesting. I don't want to get too deep into it, but... You know, it's like statistically, African-Americans commit the most crimes against Asians. Um, but the 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 new thing is that if an African-American commits a crime, it's only because of white supremacy, which essentially suggests that black people have no agency. OK, now, personally, I believe I have agency. I believe I have the mind not to kick somebody in the stomach when they're walking down the street. Now, granted, uh, I don't consider myself privileged, but but comparably speaking, the fact that I was raised in a two-parent home and all of that, I guess maybe I you, somebody might call me privileged, <laughs> right? But even still, even in poverty, right, um, you can be poor and still have values. Just because you're poor doesn't automatically mean that you have to be a trash person, right? You 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 keep your eth- you keep your integrity and you build yourself. That's what we should be doing. I'm not saying it's easy, but what I'm saying is that people have to have accountability for their actions. But but to your point, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of division that's being thrown around. They 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 are. It's almost like he's trying to have a recipe for a race war. You know, it's like we got the black and got the white. Okay, let's throw some some Asians in here. Let's throw some Hispanics in here and just. Make everybody at odds with one another. Glean from his word says, I see a lot of demonic things happening in the world. Absolutely. I agree, sister. It's a weird time to be around. It's a weird time to be around. Ken Grace says, mind control is real Nazi science eugenics. Wow. Okay. Uh, Referencing earlier what I was talking about, how people are in there. Brother Joseph says, Derek Prince describes this as, quote, demon gangs. Yeah, I call them demonic networks, but I like what Derek Prince said, demon gangs. Let me see. Tarima says, I felt the same way. It's selective reporting for the agenda. If they look hard enough for a crime that fits the agenda, they can find it and report it to fuel the agenda. I agree, sister. And the way you know it's an agenda is because they'll report some crimes, but then they won't report other crimes. And then sometimes they'll report crimes with all of the details and the races of the people. And then if it doesn't fit the narrative, they'll report the crime, but they'll leave out the details and the races of the people. So obviously there's someone that's pulling the strings here to try to get a point across. And we have to be discerning enough to bypass all of that. You know, we, we shouldn't be hating anybody as believers at all. Sister Roxanne says, we must realize we're in the last days. The Bible is being proving, being proven every day. Satan is the ruler of this world and he knows his time is short. The devil is running rampant and he's using whoever he can. I agree with that 100%, sister. Sister Pammy says, I pray for everyone's salvation every day along with mercy and grace. I want a wise and understanding heart because I do not know why some people do what they do. I try to remember how Jesus dealt with people he encountered. Wow. You know, Jesus dealt with different people in different ways, but he dealt with people with compassion. The people he was the hardest on were the religious people. (laughs) If you want to keep it real, those are people that he really got into, the Pharisees and stuff like that. He called them children of the devil. He called them fools. He went in on them all the time. But the the hardcore sinners, those people he, he showed a lot of compassion for. Sister Tatiana says, it's hard not to be my kid's savior. I don't have a uh, children's sister, but I can imagine. I can imagine. You know, it's like I don't even have kids, but <laughs> I've had moments where I've thought about things that I would do to somebody 
if they did something to my daughter and I don't even have a daughter. <laughs> so I just think I have some anger issues that I need y'all to pray with me for. Cause it's like, I've had this happen multiple times. Like maybe I'll see something that, that somebody else did or, or maybe just randomly. I'll just think about like, like, man, if somebody did that to my daughter, I do such and such. And then I'll actually get angry and it ain't even exist. So, so it doesn't last long. <laughs> but I say all of that to say that I'm imagining you as someone who really has a child. Yes, it is hard not to kind of be that crutch for your savior. And that's, that's, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Here's a question by Brother Leroy. Is this the same person came in with a different name? Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, man. You must really love this channel, man. Welcome. How can a black be a Christian with all the pro-slavery verses and the black skin curse of ham, which is why blacks through history have done so poorly and I hate it, cuts off ham guy. Okay. I don't even want to get too deep into this. I can't, I can't see the end of your statement, but um, it's easy, brother. I do it every day. <laughs> I do it every day, and it's because Christ came to save all people. Now, the scripture that talk about servants obey your masters and all of this, if you really read that in full, it also instructs the masters to treat their servants uh, well because they have a master themselves. So there's actually um, a lot of thought behind exactly what the master and servant dynamic is in the Bible. Because when we think of slavery today, we're thinking of people who hung people up and hung them on a tree and whipped them with a whip. And that was the American experience of slavery. Uh, but that's not necessarily what happened in the Bible. There was hard labor. If you look at Pharaoh and in, in um, Israel and stuff like that, the Hebrews and how Moses had to say, let my people go. But nothing in the Bible dictates the treatment, the treatment um, that we identify with slavery today. Uh, a lot. Some people have even suggested that servant and master is just really like workers and laborers. So slavery was a was a cultural thing back then. And I'm not going to get too far off topic. But uh, once again, you could just read it for yourself. I think it's in the book of First Peter. Once he says servants obey your masters, right? Right behind that, he says, masters, you got to treat your servants right. So I say all of that to say that God in Christ would not have condoned what we identify with slavery. He would not have condoned uh, hanging them on a tree and lynching them and stuff like that. That wasn't the expectation. Uh, let's see. But I mean, it's just cultural. And I want to say this too. And this, some people might not like this. Just because we are born into this culture doesn't mean that that's necessarily how God wants the world to function, okay? There's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that just simply would not fly today under the, the, under the law of Moses, right? But if God told him to do it, guess what? It's good. <laughs> See, uh, we approach God with what we think and feel is good and tell him that that's good or bad, but God is good. And he's the one that dictates to us if something is good or bad or not. So if you're surrendered to God and you're humble enough to trust him and to trust that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways, then whether you like it or not, you will receive it as good. But listen, that's, that's something that that's, that's going to be circular from what it sent, where it sounds like you're coming from. That's going to be something circular. So you just have to come to a personal decision as to if you want to seek the face of God. He says that he's a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. And he also said that you will you will you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So if you seek God with your whole heart, you'll have those answers revealed to you. Glory to God. I think y'all might have got to the troll before I could even ask this question. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Yeah, Miss Clark, they are persistent tonight. You know, it's weird. I ain't going to be on here too much longer, but it's weird because YouTube is so vast and so saturated. And when people find this channel, I just be like, how did you how, like, <laughs> how did you find this channel? Or why are you even taking the time? There's so much media out today that I couldn't even waste time on something that I didn't even want to want to really care about. So. 
anyway, like I said, that's how you know it's the devil. It comes with the territory. And if I can take that light persecution, look, I'll take some light persecution. Look, the brother ain't chopped my head off and nothing like that, so I'm good. What they say, I'm Gucci. Um, they don't say that no more. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't unsubscribe to me. I'm upgrading my, my slang. Just, just give me some time. Yeah, I like, uh, yeah, Sister Roxanne got it right. She says, Satan is being exposed. He just doesn't want God's word to be heard. Yeah, all it does is just validate the message. That's all it really does. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's see. I'm just kind of skimming through. Oh, here's a comment. Sister Tatiana says, I remember that video with Brother Wally about speaking the curses over you. Don't use me as an example. LOL. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if this was the, no, that was a different video. But I remember one time he said, don't have a welcome mat because the welcome mat, just tell the demons, give them legal authority to come in your house. <laughs> I was like, dang, I got to get a new welcome mat. You know what I mean? Uh, and I didn't right away, but eventually I did. I was like, you know what? Let me just get a, uh, let me just get a mat that don't say welcome just in case, just in case. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ashkenazi says Oprah Winfrey wore a Prince Hall sweater. I did not see that. Got a lot of blowback. Did not see that. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay. Ashkenazi says, in my humble opinion, crimes against Asian Americans is fake news. Why do people believe something merely because it's on TV? Exactly. It's like, I told y'all they got deep fake. They can take my face. Hopefully they never do. They well, like uh, let me let me stick to what Brother Wally said. They can take one's face and place one's face on somebody else's face, and they can take one's voice and place one's voice as somebody else's voice. They can make a whole movie out of you if they wanted to, and just say that you did something. They made Jurassic Park <laughs> in like 1993. If they can make Jurassic Park in 1993, surely they can make a a, 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 a a footage of some man kicking a lady in the stomach randomly just to get people angry about this Asian hate that needs to be stopped. Like I said, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But it's like the timing of it. You know, all this Asian, Asian, Asian hate. And then all of a sudden, this black man just kick a woman in the stomach for no reason at all. <laughs> anyway yeah so it very well could be fake news here's an opinion let's see king of grace says i think the crimes may be happening but the way the media is trying to make black folk the face of it it's fallacy yeah it's, it's all to cause division sister kiamra says oh my bad i'm sorry sister kiara sister kiki says the pharisees think that they were filled with the spirit, but they were really filled with jealousy. They always think they're doing God a favor. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so really, if you think about it, Jesus was getting on those that, that thought that they could see. If you look at John chapter nine, let me see if I can go to it real quick. Uh, Jesus had healed a blind man. And by the end of them healing the blind man, the folks that were around, they basically were like, Lord, uh, let me let me just let him let me let let me let the Lord say it the way that he chose to say it. Okay. It's John chapter 9, verse 39. It says, And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Verse 40, and some of the Pharisees which were with him and heard these words and said, Excuse me, some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. Watch, listen to this. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Your sin remains because you already think you can see. Guess what? If Jesus came to heal the sick, but you don't say that you're sick, he can't heal you because you won't acknowledge that you're sick. So I'm not going to heal somebody that doesn't want healing. If you already think that you can see, guess what? Jesus is going to leave you to yourself because apparently 
you don't need to see. You already can see. So that's why Jesus dealt with the Pharisees more harshly than he dealt with a lot of the other people he encountered, because in their minds, in their hearts, they were self-righteous and they already thought they knew God and that they were all of this and all of that. So he was like, OK, y'all know God. Cool. And then when he did put him in check, he, he gave him a stern because he knew that that's what they needed to to snap out of that. So we, we got to know how to relate to people in different situations. Here's an answer to that slavery question. King of Grace says, "For first of all, the enslavement of America had nothing to do with the slavery of the time. Jesus Christ died on the cross as a curse so that we would not have to suffer under a curse. Yeah, he took that upon himself. Thank God for that. Yeah, you got to be able to to have the Holy Spirit to really to really uh, understand the word. The scripture says that God resists the prideful and he gives grace to the humble. So even if you don't have a relationship with the with God, if you don't know Christ, you can know him, but you have to approach him humbly. If you come to him like, yeah, I heard you was real, but I don't man, whatever. If you real say you real, like if you come to him like that, guess what? <laughs> He's going to resist you. He's going to resist you because you're not even humble enough to even walk this thing out yet. This walk is a constant dying to self. So if you're not at that level yet, God is not going to going to deal with you because why does he need to? He's God. He's created everything. He already gave his son to, to, to die a brutal death on the cross. He said it is finished. And then we have the nerve to come to him with an attitude when all of creation testifies of his existence. So somewhere we know he's out there, even if you don't know specifically, even if you don't know what religion it is and all of that type of stuff. Instinctively, we know. I've said this before. When I lived as a so-called atheist and I didn't believe in God, God, I was an atheist or an agnostic. When times got rough, guess what I would do? I would look up in the sky and I would talk to God. It didn't happen very often, but it's like it ha I had to be really having a rough week. <laughs> like I had to be really going through a real thing or just upset. And then I would talk to him. And if I can think back, most of the time I talked to him, I was somewhat humble. You know, I wasn't really angry because I had enough sense to have reverence for God Almighty, whether he existed or didn't exist. I, the whole concept, you know, when I was a, an atheist in the world, I wasn't one of them atheists that was going around trying to prove every Christian to be wrong. I was just more the type like that don't make sense to me. You can't see him. Da 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 da. That's silly. It's a fairy tale. It's like Greek mythology, you know, all this different type of stuff. But I, but my position was always, if that's what you believe, continue believing it. Because if you're right and I'm wrong, I don't want you to go to this place you call hell because you listen to me. <laughs> now, that was crazy on my end because if God didn't save me out of this world, that's exactly where I would have been headed. But the point I'm trying to make is that I had enough reverence to not approach God like he was anybody, even when I was lost in the world. You know what I mean? But some people today don't even have a reverence of God. But if you seek him with your whole heart and you approach him with humility, he can reveal himself to you. He can reveal himself to you. So listen, family, that's all I have in this solid talk. I pray that you all have been blessed by it, been edified. You all take care and be blessed.